Have you ever started talking to a new match and really hit it off? Maybe you traded music playlists and had deep conversations. Maybe you texted all day long for weeks at a time. Then maybe things took a hard left turn and you felt tricked. This is Thirsty the Podcast, Left Turn Larry. This is Heather. This is a story about a match that went way, way hard left. If you live in a city, we have this term called hard left, hard right, soft left, soft right. And I remember when I moved here from Cowtown, Texas, and I first heard that term, I was like, what are you talking about? And it's because when you live in a city, a lot of times there are these six-way intersections and it's really busy and it's a little bit stressful a lot of times turning left or right. And there's a turn that's like a negative 30 degree turn that you have to just do a hairpin <laughs> left or hairpin right. Those are called hard turns. They're quick, they're fast, and you got to zip all the way around. Soft left or soft right is, as you might imagine, a little easier to make. So I had a match that was a way hard left turn. It was went to a place that I really didn't expect and I actually didn't like, but it gave me some whiplash because I didn't expect it at all. I was really surprised. I was like, who is this person? I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I matched with the, I matched with Larry during my hot girl summer, which I've talked about this a little bit before. Um, I started dating differently that ended up this summer. I actually ended up going on a whole lot of dates, um, which <laughs> is, I, I don't know how that happened. I just happened to meet a number of men who I thought were really cool, interesting, fun. We went out, I was trying to slow down dating and somehow I sped up. <laughs> I think that's also the fun of summer in the Chicago. And when you're dating, like it's nice out, everyone's out. It's fun to go do stuff. Um, it's very different than I feel like wintertime dating, which feels a little sad. Summertime was the perfect time for all of your shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, Laura is so right about that in Chicago summer. You can do patio dining. You can go have a drink. People are out and about. They're so happy. They're so happy. We're not covered in snow. You know, so it's kind of funny as soon as the snow starts to melt, you know, which hopefully happens before June every year, people start creeping out of their houses. They're wearing their cutest clothes. They're just so thrilled to be outside. And then during the winter, you just don't go anywhere. Like seriously, I maybe leave to go get groceries, get some gas once in a while, go have dinner with friends, but summer and winter are like two totally different places when you live in Chicago. So to reiterate, I had a hot girl summer tons of dates, met lots of men. I don't know how that happened. It just did. So as I've also mentioned before, my super ideal in terms of a date is a dad of young kids. Cause my kids are young, you know, cause I've started to learn like dads of older kids. It can be trickier because they're not back there where I am. They're not back in like Dora, the Explorer days, or, you know, some of the things you go through with young kids. Um, it's just different. And so I've kind of learned my super, super ideal is another dad. Well, my super ideal is a dad um, who has young kids, just like me, lives close, is super physically active because I'm pretty active and has been divorced or at least been in love before. Larry happened to be all of those things, all of those things. It was crazy. He only lived like two miles. Well, he still only lives like two miles away from me, which is very rare for me and always a treat. He was really attractive too. Like physically, he was super cute. He was super smart. Um, 
and he only lived a couple miles away. I mean, it was all, all signs were great. Um, it was, I was actually really excited about it. However, we matched twice. Something else we've talked about is a lot of times you do a second time around with some of these dates. The first time it doesn't work out or you just don't end up really talking or connecting. And then sometimes you'll match with them later on and things will go somewhere. That's happened quite a few times actually with me. So we had met first, um, but then it was kind of funny. Early in the summer, I'd matched with him. I was really excited about him. It was hard for me to find matches where I felt like there was actually potential for it to be something real. Lots of guys where it's fun to hang out with and fun to talk to them. But Larry was all these things I was actually looking for. I was like, oh, this could be a real thing. The first time we had matched, we had planned to go on a bike ride, but then he didn't follow up. So I unmatched him. We talked for a few days and I was like, you're out of here. I remember that because I kept on wondering, like, what happened with the bike ride guy? Did you go on the bike ride? What happened to him? And I was like anticipating that date, I guess, because it did seem like you guys would connect well. And I was kind of bummed when it didn't happen. Yeah, that I was real sad because I was actually really excited to meet him. And I remember I followed up the day before I was like, hey, are we going <laughs> to are we going to go on that bike ride tomorrow? <laughs> Nothing. I was like, fine, get out of here. And I just unmatched him. So a couple months later. Second time around, we matched again. Uh, you know, I was willing to give it a second chance, and we did make jokes about it. We did make jokes. He was like, Oh, yeah, I was non communicative about the bike ride. I was like, Yeah, that's what happened for. He was like, Oh, but funnily, you know, we had a little laugh about it, but then almost immediately, my hopes were dashed. My hopes were dashed right away because Larry said, I don't know why I'm on here, I don't have time to actually date right now. No, yeah, he said that immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out why he was on there. (laughs) So he said, I don't know why I'm on here. I don't have time to actually date right now. And I was like, okay, that's legit. Um, We also quickly learned it's the other death knell. Our parenting schedules are exactly opposite. We're both on the same type of schedule, but exactly flipped. So there was never, ever going to be a night or a day when both of us didn't have kids, which that's just not that that's just the end right there. I remember this too. And I think in my head, I'm like, well, just see if you like him. And if you do, anything can be adjusted if it's, you know, worthwhile. Although in the other back of my head, I'm like, oh, this is terrible because really, what is the point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we all like to think that, but I mean, really, like, are we only going to go on lunch dates during the week? Like, is that what's going to happen? That, that just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, right off the bat, we're like, well, this is not happening for multiple reasons. But in true Heather fashion, I threw out that we could be friends and I gave him my number because that's just, I don't know. All of your friends I don't know what's wrong with me. I Collecting always do that. the friends off the apps. I know. One. I know. All my friends are old dates at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do that, but I do. Um, so anyway, I gave him my number. He actually reached out. He actually reached out and we just started texting all the time. Like I, it was just kind of funny. We talked a lot about music. We liked concerts we'd been to. We connected over our divorces. We were at about the same point in both of our divorces at that point. We also were both super active, love biking. So we had a ton to talk about there. We actually had a lot in common, um, and it was really fun. He sent me videos of him playing music. We sent each other playlists. We made each other playlists on Spotify and sent them to each other. That's serious. 
I know. I know. It's like mixtapes. Um, and we even had Nick, we gave each other nicknames. We called each other pal because we both thought the other was really attractive. So we like were being funny. We're like, hey, pal, how are you doing today? It's supposed to be a joke. There were so many jokes. Um, and this went on for several weeks. Like we talked all day, every day and late into the night. Um, and which of course, but I noticed, but I was also like, for multiple reasons, this cannot go anywhere. Schedules mm-hmm. are terrible. He's told me he's not able to date or whatever, you know, whatever his reason was, he's not dating right now. Um, yeah. So it's just not happening, but whatever we were talking a lot. One night, Larry proposed that we meet for lunch. He was like, we live so close to each other, you know? And then in his work, I asked, him, I was like, but you said you don't have time to date. And he said, well, we're texting a lot. So maybe we should meet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Like, what could both go wrong? Just, yeah, <laughs> right. We're both just dumb, dumb people. Um, so much of what I do in my life is just dumb. Um, so he planned lunch and he made the reservation. He planned the whole thing, set it all up. I was like, oh, that's nice. Our standards are so low. It's so mm-hmm. sad whenever, like, I notice if a man proposes we meet and if he plans it and Ooh, then he bo- went on open table. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's like, Ooh, local man makes effort. How exciting. <laughs> um, God, I got to get over that. Um, lunch was fun. You know, our lunch was really fun. It was easy. It was a nice summer day. We were wearing shorts, you know, we could have a frosty beverage with our lunch, such a good summer day. We sat outside, um, it was easy. We had a really good time. It was a little funny. We hugged at the end. I mean, there was sexual tension there. There definitely was. Um, but you know, we were just out to lunch. We hugged at the end. Um, I never know how to act at the end of a day date, you know, like do you kiss? I'm I never unsure. know how to act at the end of any date. So I have no advice for you. <laughs> <laughs> Like usually like, I feel like nighttime dates are just a tiny bit easier because you might walk someone to their car or you can stand at the bar, but mm-hmm. like lunch, it's like, I'm going to go get some iced coffee. Bye. See you later. I, I don't know. It's just weird. So anyway, so we had this lunch. It was fun. But then that night things took a turn. This Ugh. was the hard left turn. I think he'd been drinking. I, at first I was so confused by the things that were about to happen here. And I told Laura about it. And Laura's response was, he sounds like he might have been drunk yeah. or at least not sober. So out of nowhere, like we were, ha- we had been having normal conversations out of nowhere. He told me that while he does not have time for dating, he would like to come over to my house for adult activities. Nope. He then described the proposed activities in great (laughs) detail, like to the, like, I don't blush. I was blushing. I was like, oh my God, the things Larry is saying to me. I laughed, but I was also like, does someone else have your phone? Like I, I lit, I, for real, I part of me thought he was out with his like guy friends or his man friends. And that one of them had his phone and was like playing a prank or something. I really, it was so different from the texting I gotten before. Then after all of this, and I was like laughing a little bit and I'm really bad about delayed reaction. Like I'll go along with things. And then later I'm like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go along with it, but I just like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I do that, but I'd go along with things. And then later I wish I hadn't. So that was going on. And I was just like trying to figure out who this person was and what was happening on my phone. Then after like a little bit of time, 
Then on top of the hard left turn, he also then was kind of not nice. Yeah. It gave me whiplash. It gave me total whiplash. Um, he started saying some things that were not, um, I wouldn't say they're not nice to me, but they're just kind of rough. Like sometimes when you're like giving someone too much shit, you know, like just a little bit too far. And I was like, who are you? And we had not had these kinds of conversations before at all. It was always PG up until mm-hmm. that very moment. This was truly out of nowhere. I had given him no idea that this was okay. We hadn't talked about this at all. I'm in a, the one thing I was clear about, and I was, I set that boundary. I set a boundary right there. And I said, I'm in a place in my life where I'm ready to be dated. At this point, I'd been out there dating after my marriage for over a year. And I'm way past the point of like going out and being ridiculous. Like that's just not where I'm at anymore. I think also, I mean, I think this is something to a certain degree we all encounter, but usually the men like dip their toe a little bit in to kind of see how far they can push it or try and like get an angle on like what you might be into. So they can like take the ball and run with that rather than just like full court press, like of everything that's in their head coming out over text. Like that's, that's weird. And also I think supports that there probably was um, some liquid courage involved in some of that, <laughs> that happening, because if that's just like not a normal kind of back and forth. Cause it's like little baby steps before some of them just take the, the plunge into all the things. Yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, usually there's like a little bit of like testing the waters, but we yeah. had agreed to be just friends. We had never changed that. I mean, it was obviously thought each other was cute and we were talking all the time, but that doesn't mean go right to, you want to come over to my house. Ugh. Like I, 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 it was just, it was so out of nowhere. So out of nowhere. So I, I did, I shut it down. I set the boundary, which I've actually gotten really good at. This is what I want. This is not fitting in. So no. Was he going to come over to your house? Like at lunchtime? Like yes. because you guys didn't have yes. nights or weekends at work. Yes. No, his proposal was coming over to my house in the middle of the day on a weekday. <laughs> like what? That's so terrible. I mean, I know people do that, but I was just like, what makes, what? But not with someone you just met. Like, that's I like. <laughs> I was like, other men are taking me out on dates, actual dates. <laughs> I'm probably more likely for things to happen with them. <laughs> not this like guy who just wants to show up at my house. I mean, it was funny while it was happening. I was laughing. I was just like, what are you doing? Um, but then some of the meaner, I told him some of the meaner things he was saying, like, I don't think he was trying to be mean. It was just like, he was too rough. He's a very direct person as am I. I mean, I say things that are accidentally mean too. So I think that's what was, it was just a little too rough. He was like giving me a little bit too much shit. Um, I told him that some of the meaner things he said hurt my feelings and he apologized and he stopped. I really do think he'd been drinking. Mm-hmm. So I just let it go. This is the only time anything like that had happened. And we had weeks before this of just normal yeah. conversations. So I was like, maybe he was just drunk, you know, maybe he was having a weird night or something. So I teased him about it the next day and everything seemed fine. We were texting about normal things. Um, I just wanted to put it aside and move on with this really fun friendship that I thought we had. Like, really, like I, I was not trying to make anything happen at all. Obviously, we thought each other was cute, but I'm sorry, we're never going on a date because our schedules don't work. It's over. It's not happening. So I was not even like thinking about that. So I thought everything was going to be okay. You're going to be able to move on with this fun friendship. Nope. 
that night, the next night, he kept <laughs> going with it. And he, again, he, he was coming after me. And again, he started saying some kind of rough things when I, because I would push back and then he would respond in a way that was not super nice. Again, I was super, what is happening here? Because it's not like we'd been talking a few days. It had been weeks. Mm-hmm. Like th- we had a, what I thought was a really great um, start to a friendship. Finally, I just stopped talking to him because he had gotten way too weird at that point. And I was like, what is going on here? And now I didn't enjoy being his friend anymore because it felt like it had all been with ulterior motives. It was like long con and mm-hmm. there was a, a switch that flipped. And once I had been incredibly clear that sex was off the table he was acting a lot differently and he was not being so nice when he knew that I was not going to be available for that um it was really kind of shocking I I remember talking to you about I was like what is happening here (laughs) um and you were like what um because before that I had made a lot of comments were like oh Larry's so great he's trying to get to know me this is so fun Mm -hmm. it's so nice to just talk to someone who's not trying to sleep with me Well, clearly I was wrong about that. So at that point I unmatched him and decided I don't need that in my life because it was weird and I didn't like it and didn't make me feel good. And maybe, and it also, to be honest, it made me not trust him. Like, I feel like when someone comes way out of left field with things, it's like, Ooh, I can't rely on you. That makes me feel like you're unstable. I can't trust you with my feelings. Um, it just became clear. I assessed that he was not going to be a positive part of my life. So I cut it off entirely. And that was the end of left turn Larry. Oh, Larry started off so good though. I know he really did. Which makes you wonder if that was, did he have ulterior motives and like, that's how he goes about it? Or is he just dealing with some stuff in a not great way. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to know if it was like unintentional, like again, like you said, kind of long game to wherever he thought he wanted to end up or did he, was he just not in like a good stable place? I don't know. I can't even begin to think that is one thing that I think I've like grown over time is like, I don't need to know. All I know is that you <laughs> made me, you know, Larry made me not feel great. So you know what? You can move along, move along, mister. Um, yeah, so he had to go. Ugh. Yeah. And we touched on this earlier, but the whole idea of, you know, when this topic, you know, in early dating or any points in dating kind of comes up when the, the texting or messaging kind of turns to, you know, more about sex or other things, um, you know, how have you experienced that in kind of your dating or matching relationships? Well, it's totally different now than it was at the beginning. At the beginning, because I was thirsty and out of my mind, like I was ridiculous. You know, I was ridiculous. Um, But now it's different, you know, and I purposefully seek out men who are more grounded. And really, it doesn't go that way soon. It takes a while for it to start becoming Mm -hmm. something like that. I will say most men are not very smooth about it. Like they're not, I think most men bring it up way too early. Like there, I I told you about this. There was someone I matched with a few weeks ago. He didn't make it half a day because we (laughs) exchanged a few messages. And then he said, just so you know, I expect sex within the first uh, date or so. And I was like, well, my, what I would have led with is, would you like to go get a drink? Let's (laughs) see where it goes. Like that's how I would have approached it. And he was like, oh. 
Um, well, let's start over. I was like, no, it's weird now. Thank you. Good luck. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. I don't know who these men are that think they can control that. Like, like you're a a hooker that they can like schedule and and you better want to sleep. It's like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And you're a jerk. No, most, I mean, like if someone, women are into that, great, but you're not entitled to it. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not the role of women in your life that you're entitled to their bodies. I'm sorry. No. I think also when you're getting back into dating, it's really easy to fall into that trap. I think we've talked about this before, but where like, again, these men who kind of just nudge a little bit to see how you'll respond. And if you give a little bit, then they think it's an open door to say or ask for whatever they want to. And when you aren't used to dating, it, you kind of just, it's, it's really easy to go down that path and not realize you need to, to rein it in or not realize that, you know, certain things that you say, unfortunately do open the door for that. Like, I always feel like I would have to be so careful of like how you respond to a joke or how, you know, like, what does that emoji mean? Am I, you know, saying something I'm not realizing I'm saying when I'm responding to this, like you have to read into everything and that would almost make me feel <clears throat> As if I was a little guilty for, oh, I, I, I responded in this way. It's kind of my fault that this went that direction, but then it's like, well, then they've shown their true colors. And now I know what I need to know. Like, it's just, it's really challenging. Yeah. I think sex is hard because like, I, I like to think of myself as an empowered, like I do what I want. I don't do things I don't want to do. And obviously there are, you know, as a woman, I'm never going to have the most power in most situations. Um, but and all that being said, I think there are a lot of men that don't think about that. I, there are men that I am, that I would call good friends. They don't, they don't get it. I've had to explain it to them a few times where I've said things like, you know, that thing you're saying that you think is just a joke. Women hear it differently than you think they do. Like, and they're just not saying anything about it. Um, and I'm not painting women with a broad brush, but like something that's just a reality and, and a lot of men are not good at being cognizant of this is that most bad things happen to a lot of women and, uh, they're on their guard when it comes to sex. Like it just is, you don't want to, you know, and, and it shouldn't be this way, but it is of, you have to work so hard to do your best to protect yourself. And we're just on guard. Like I know I am, you know, it's why we, it's why we shouldn't let, you know, some man we just met pick us up at our house on the first date. It's things okay, like well, that. I've done that, but I feel fine about it. So thank you. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I agree that like, um, you know, there are certainly men who try and push a little bit more and do not understand why, we are more careful or why we are, you know, like we do our check-ins with friends over a message to be like, this is where I'm at. Things are going fine. We give bathroom updates, all of that stuff, because we're meeting strangers off the internet. Gotta be careful. Yeah. I mean, I actually like when I've gone on dates, if it's a first date and like, for whatever reason, I haven't made it to the back, you know, women do this. I know men do it too, but women do the bathroom update thing, which that's when you go to the bathroom you take your phone, you say, and you text your girlfriends and say, Hey, I think everything's okay. I'm, I'm alive. I haven't been ax murdered. <laughs> um, you know, he seems fine. Like that's a real thing. A lot of women do. Laura and I definitely do that along with our third friend, but like there've been times I've been on dates and like, for whatever reason, maybe it was going really well or whatever, but I hadn't gone to the bathroom. Like I remember with Sean, the smoke show, cause we were just like talking all night. And at a certain point I was like, I made it up. I was like, I have to go to the ladies room. I didn't have to go to the ladies room, but I knew y'all would be worrying. Yes. 
y'all would be worrying because it was our first date. And I remember Laura, you're dating someone now specifically, but before when you were going on different dates, the same thing, like if you didn't, if it was like 11 o'clock and you still hadn't given, given us a bathroom update, our other friend and I would be worried. Like, and there'd be a little part, like I would never get mad at you, but a little part of us was like, doesn't she know we're worried about her? (laughs) Did she really not have to go to the bathroom all this time? Um, you know, so that's something that, I mean, a lot of women think about, I'm sure men do too, but a lot of women, you know, they're just on guard. Like once you bring up sex and it's fun and all those things. Um, but there's just a little extra that women bring to the situation, I think. Yeah. And I think, again, it's that really careful balance of when that type of texting is considered, okay. I think we all kind of have our limits of like what we enjoy in that realm and also kind of when it enters the conversation, I think for me and the, you know, I've, what you realize is that when someone really want is into you and really wants to date you in a real way, that stuff doesn't come until way down the line when you really know each other and you can tell the men who are holding back, holding back is probably not the right way to say it, but when they're really consciously focused on you as a person, knowing that if you connect well, all of that other stuff comes later, because that is the smart way to, to date, right? If, if, if both of you are there for dating, if you're there for just sex and hookups and whatever, that's fine. Then obviously that has a different trajectory, but if you're both meeting there to date, then clearly that takes a little bit longer to show itself because you're getting to know that person. Um, or at least that's my experience. Um, you know, what do you, how do you feel about spicy texting and dating and all of that good stuff? I think it's so fun. I really do. Like once you've gotten to that point in your relationship, I think, I think it can be a whole lot of fun you know, it's just a lot of men like come out of the gate with it. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know your last name yet. That's way too early. <laughs> or they start getting into like expectation. Like yeah. I have even well, like guy whole friends, other. that's a whole other thing. This is what I expect out of a sexual relationship. It's like, get out of here. Like you haven't even taken me, you know, you know what I expect? I expect you to ask me some questions about me. I expect you to like <laughs> make some effort. I expect you to want to make me happy. Let's start there. Well, you know, can you respond the next time you get something with someone's expectations. Please respond with those expectations and see how well it goes over. Oh, I should. I sh- <laughs> I'm sure I'll get yelled at. I I am very outspoken and very direct. And men, God help the men who have been disrespectful to me over the last, especially year or so, because I let them have it. I mean, I'm not mean at all. You know, they probably feel like I'm letting them have it, even though I'm saying in reality, what I'm saying is. What you just said was very rude and I don't appreciate it. And I'm just being direct. They freak out. They freak (laughs) out because they're not used to women saying anything, you know, like we just go along with it. Um, But yeah, anyway, I think it's fun. I think spicy texting is a lot of fun when it's someone you're dating, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's someone you're dating and you feel confident, you know, and it's fun and they make you happy and all that all works. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, it's just those dudes that come right out of the gate and like have those, it's like how they're doing. Are they trying to make me happy? Are they trying to make sure I'm having a good time? Or is this all about what they can get? I remember one person and I dated him for a while. He was very, I'm not going to get too graphic here, but there are certain things that he expected and, and you can probably make some extrapolations as to what that is. I'm not going to say it exactly, but one day I looked at him and I said, I know you expect that 
you don't reciprocate. <laughs> like, I know you want that, but I don't see you doing it. <laughs> he got real quiet. He had not even considered that. Oof. It wasn't that he disagreed with me. He just looked at me and realized that he had not even thought about that part. And I was just like, get out of here. <laughs> I'm sounding so mean right now. And I don't mean it that way, but it's just like, I think sometimes this is, can be kind of a minefield. Sex is a minefield. Like it, it is like people bring all kinds of heightened emotions to it. I certainly do. Um, and as a woman, I feel like I've been objectified and talked about a certain way so many times. That it's just like, I don't know. Well, With the so right person, of, it's amazing. So much of what we talked about today is really the idea that I feel like women across the board need to be more vocal because we're doing ourselves a disservice by our natural inclination is to, you know, ignore it or push it off or just be silent while things are being said to us that we don't enjoy because we're afraid of upsetting them. Or what is that going to mean? Or, you know, all that, you know, kind of inability to push back. Like I know I always defer to like being nice, like I'm Midwest nice. And so I'm nice about things. And so I have a hard time being more upfront, but then what's happening is these men are thinking so much of this behavior is okay because no one has ever told them that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that's why some of these men that flipped out. Cause like, I'm not kidding. I was not mean. I didn't say anything mean. All I did was set a boundary. And that boundary was, I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. And they flipped mm-hmm. out, flipped out. You can't tell me who I am. You're just making assumptions like way overkill. And it was obvious. Nobody had ever told them that what they were saying was uncool. You know, cause I think you're so right. Like we do do ourselves a disservice and I don't want to ignore the fact that like in person, I've definitely done this when some man has said something to me, mm-hmm. I've gone along with it because is he going to flip out and hit me or get scary? Like when, you know, I think about that for sure online, it's a lot easier. Cause what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm unmatched. I did have one man, um, who said something really awful to me after like two messages and I called him on it. And I can't remember what I said exactly, but it was something like, you know, I really don't appreciate you speaking to me that way. Oh, I know what it was. He said, you know, you are so sarcastic and your sarcasm is going to mean you never get a man. And I was like, what? Like I had made some like funny joke. Like, I think he said, wow, are you really green? And which was a mean comment. He meant like, you don't know anything about dating. This was like his second (gasps) sentence to me. Second sentence. Like he had no reason (laughs) to say that. I think because I said I was newly divorced. Maybe that's why he said it. And I made a joke. I mean, I didn't like they said it, but I made a joke. And I said, oh yeah, I do believe in recycling, <laughs> which I thought was a funny joke. And he got mad at me and he said, uh, you know, sarc- your sarcasm is just never going to help you get a man. And of course he was one of those dudes on his profile that says, I rarely swipe right. And I was just like, get out of here. I'm all about get out of here today. Um, yeah. And so I unmatched him. Cause I was like, Ooh, this guy's flipping out. He flipped out. He got so mad and he found me. He found my, e- my regular email address and sent me a really nasty email, which I think that's scary. I was like, you're really going to go to the trouble. Like, cause it's not my email address. It was not easy to find. And mm-hmm. He found it. I don't know. It, it, it was kind of scary. And it's not the only time that's happened. Yeah, I don't that's know. Why you set always- a boundary. 
I always worked so hard to make myself very unfindable on dating apps. Like some people put their, their very specific job titles and, you know, like stuff that makes them very findable. And I, that always made me really nervous. Like I would like Google my phone number to make sure if I was giving my phone number out that it didn't tie back to my name and all that, because that's so scary. Like, and going back to that safety piece of wanting to feel like, you don't know these people and you don't know, like, again, I remember when that guy was emailing you and was very angry with an internet stranger. That's scary. Yeah. All because, all, all because I made a joke about recycling. I just, I, I have a hard time getting it, but I know we've gotten a little bit down the bunny trail here, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever want to say women have to speak up because like, I get it. There's a safety thing. I've definitely done it when some man has been not so great to me and he's six foot five and cute and like double my size, you know, maybe I don't want to stand there and say, Hey, that was uncool. You know, maybe I don't want to do that. Cause I'm scared of how he's going to react. Cause he's sometimes <laughs> get really angry. They get angry when you don't let them just do what they want. And, um, but virtually it's a little easier. Virtually is definitely different. And it can go either way because it's really easy to just ignore that stuff over message or unmatch really quickly and all of that stuff. And then again, they're, they're never hearing that it's not okay. I mean, they should take a hint that frequent unmatching is probably, probably something that they're doing. Um, and that's why it's happening, but not saying anything. It's really challenging because they just keep on doing it and keep on doing it. Nobody is telling them that it is not okay to say those things or do those things. But again, it's hard. It's hard. Like it's hard to be more upfront. Yeah. What has your experience been? Um, we've talked about this a little bit boundary setting and then it and men pushing boundaries. I think you're more aware of in the talking phase specifically. I think you're really good at being aware of it. Cause there've been times I've met men and I've told you something was going on and you were like, you know, he's pushing your boundaries. You told him how he felt and he keeps coming back to it. And I like, didn't see it at the time. And I was like, Oh, you're right. You're right. I told him that. And he's just coming right back to it. Like I didn't say anything. Yeah, I definitely think in our season one opener of Day with the Disaster, um, that was a whole lot of boundary pushing. And I think I learned a lot from that experience to realize like my piece in that of, again, I wasn't saying this makes me uncomfortable or like, hi, we haven't met yet. Or clearly this is all about sex or like all of the different things that were not, I can look back and see that we're not okay in that situation. I kind of, again, I let it steamroll because I hadn't been dating for a while and it all felt kind of new again. And I wasn't comfortable kind of sticking up for myself. Um, and since then, I feel like, I feel like in general last this past year, I didn't encounter as much that made me uncomfortable as I did when I first started first, first started dating after my divorce, there was a ton of that happening. And I, again, I didn't know when to stop or how to stop or that I should stop that I was uncomfortable and I should say something. So I I definitely learn from looking back at that, but also I think I just didn't encounter as much of that. So either I was doing a better job than I had before with my messaging or quantity wise, I just didn't interact with as many men either, because I think I've had what two relationships in the past year and then like dating sprinkled in there. But when I first started dating, it was like a lot of dates and a lot of that where you just, I think 
find a lot more of the not so great stuff. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about that because that was also my experience, right? When I first started dating, it felt very chaotic. It felt like welcome to the dating circus. And it's not so much like that now. And I actually think for me, I think part of it is I didn't know, I didn't know what my boundaries were. I didn't know what I wanted them to be. And so, because I didn't know, I wasn't clear about it. I, I, I didn't even know when I wanted to like say no to, and I'm not even talking about sex necessarily, like all, just all different kinds of things, whether I wanted to say yes or no to men I went on dates with, men I wanted to talk to, men I wanted to get to know. And of course, like sexual boundaries and all of that. Like, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know for myself. Um, and now two years later, I feel like I do have a pretty good grasp on that. And I say, I would say I said no in terms of overall boundaries. Like I went on a million dates and all, all those kinds of things. Did not sleep with a million. I just mean dates, like go on coffee and talk. To, I always have to give that caveat because I don't want to give the wrong impression. But um, you mean you can, there's nothing wrong with that, but just I didn't. Just statement of fact. Um, but now like I have so slowed down. I think I have only really dated two men since August. So in the last, like, I mean, I've gone on a couple like single days, like out to coffee. Hey, there's no spark by, um, you know, I have just so much more slowed down. I think it's cause I say, no, I say no. Like now I do know what my boundaries are both and who I want to date, the kind of person I want to date, how I want to be treated, how I want to act. I think I'm much clearer. I'm, I am a lot clearer about what my boundaries are in the first place. And then now I have the confidence to support myself in saying yes and no, when something is over a boundary for me. Well, again, I think you hit on it too. Like early on, you don't know what you want. So it's really hard to set any boundaries. Like you're like, maybe I want a relationship. Maybe you want a fling. Maybe I have a, like, you don't know. And so you're like, maybe this, maybe I want to date this type of guy. I don't know. And you're just, I, at least I was very like far more open which is good to a certain degree of experiences and meeting different people. But then again, you can't put up boundaries when you're open to literally everything of like, well, maybe I don't want something serious because I'm just out of my marriage and blah, blah, blah. But you know, you're a relationship person. So that probably doesn't make sense, but you find yourself then in these situations that aren't very good for you. So it does take that time and experience of really understanding what you want, what you're looking for, who's a good fit for you. And then really being again, I just that truthfulness with yourself of like where your boundaries lie. So you're better at not getting yourself into those situations or spotting those situations quickly and being able to make the decision to get out of it. And I think maybe that's more of what, when I was dating this past year, like I definitely went down some paths sometimes with someone, again, you don't realize when you match with them that it's going to kind of take that turn, but then it was like, well, no, this is not for me next. And I would get out of it. But earlier on, I would have just been like, well, maybe, maybe we'll just go on a date and it'll be fine. It's like, no, he's already shown who he is. I don't want that. Don't go on that date. So it just takes that time and experience. I think, you know, I, I had a really interesting experience with this um, with boundaries and like, especially related to me changing and evolving over time and realizing what I want. And then that extra step of being confident to, to support yourself that if you don't want something to be going on to say, no, it's okay to say no, it really is. I think as women, we're conditioned to go along with things. Um, even when you don't want to, um, and and it's really okay. It's okay to speak up for yourself. 
Um, but I, there was someone I dated a little about a year ago and this was back when I really, I didn't have clear boundaries. It was in that phase of, I didn't know what I wanted, who I was, and he didn't either. And we had a really messy, toxic dating situation. We stayed friends. Things would happen from time to time. And we actually became really close friends. Um, but things would get a little muddy at times, you know, whether like we would make out, you know, one night or something like that. But recently over the last couple of months, I have gotten so clear on my boundaries and what I want and what's okay for me and what's not and saying no, when I want to say no, saying yes, when I want to say yes. And I said no to him, I set a very strong boundary that I was firm on. And that just happened like maybe two months ago or so. He got really upset with me. We had a big fight over it and we're no longer friends because I cut it off. I cut, I said, this is my boundary. We are 100% only friends all the time um, because I want to be dated, you know, and I can't have like a friend, a friend plus, I don't want to do that. 100%. I don't want to do that. I was very nice about it. He said some really, I show the screenshots to Laura. You said some really ugly things to me about it. And I actually was sad. I was like, I know we were friends. I don't think he was faking that, but he had like this idea of what he, the, he had this idea of what he was entitled to in our relationship. And when I cut it off, he was upset about it. You know, it's like setting a boundary. And I think, but I, I don't regret it. Like, I don't. I'm sorry. This is how I feel. And I, I do think relationships and friendships across your life need to be based on respecting each other, respecting boundaries. And I'm not entitled. You set your own boundaries and it's my job to respect it, whether mm-hmm. like you're my friend or my date or, you know, whatever it is, not even romantic, you know, like Laura, you have boundaries, you know, like what I think is kind of neat. We do hang out a lot, but you'll have boundaries like, oh, well, I need to go to boot camp this day, or I need to do this. You have a boundary and you stick to it. You don't just like throw it out the window because I'm asking you to go do something, you know? And I, I think that's a thing. I think that's a signal of being really healthy of knowing what you need and what you want, prioritizing yourself. I think it's the best kind of self-care. And if the people in your life, if that makes them mad, then maybe they're not, maybe they shouldn't be in your life, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. I just think it's all very interesting. All of this is very interesting. Um, there's also, uh, this is the last thing that I was thinking about with the story. There's this saying that comes to my mind every now and then that men are the gatekeepers for relationships and women are the gatekeepers for sex. And I know that is super gendered. It is super stereotyped. Um, so maybe if we pull that more into certain people seem to gatekeep on relationships, other people tend to gatekeep on sex. And it's usually one or the other. Have did Laura, have you encountered that? What do you think about that? I mean, I definitely think that, you know, yes, I've had the experiences which we've talked about where you have to be so careful with sex and what can lead in that direction. Or are you leading that horrible, like leading him on gross, but like, there is that piece of like, if I say this, does it mean that? Is it that way? And so again, feeling like I always have to be so careful in those early dating relationships. If I'm still trying to figure that person out. I don't want it to go down that path. Like I just have to be so careful. Um, and then I do think that <laughs> I've experienced men being more of the gatekeepers for relationships. I feel like as a woman or as who I am, I guess it's, I am more 
of a relationship person. So I'm like, well, we've been just been dating each other. What are we? Like, I'm such the, what are we person? And I feel like I always leave it to the man to decide what we are. And I don't know why, but that, and that always seems to be, they're the ones that are the ultimate decision makers. And I don't, I don't know why, but that is like, I, for some reason, I'm never comfortable to be the one to be like, this is what I want from this. Let's do this. Or, you know, how do you feel about it? It's more of like, well, what do you think we are? And you decide. Yeah. I feel like we're probably not going to resolve that today. Cause I don't no. even know what I, I think about that yet. I haven't noticed it. I think whenever it just starts feeling, and, and for me, I just get uncomfortable when it gets to a certain point. And I'm like, why are we pretending that it's not what it is? I'm talking to you all day, every day. I see you two to three times a week when something happens, we're the first person to tell each other about it. We've been dating for several months. We're not like in the shallow end anymore. (laughs) I mean, that's happened to me more than once where they're like, I don't want to be in a relationship. (laughs) Like, well, we are like, whatever you want to call (laughs) it. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't care about labels. I don't care about the boy. Like, I really don't. I do not get hung up on that stuff, but do not tell me something is less than it is, or I like, I'm not into pretending. I don't want to pretend things are more than they are. I don't want to pretend things are less than they are. And I don't know. I think people get so like, I don't know. This has definitely happened to me a few times where a man be like, I just want to keep this casual. I'm like, well, okay. But we are clearly very integrated into each other's lives. I care about you. If we don't talk for a few days, we both notice it. So, I mean, whatever you want to do with that information, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I think my big takeaway from left turn, Larry, it really did give me what this was one of those things that still kind of is a head scratcher for me. Cause it was so, it was so left turn. He was just the sweetest, nicest person. And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you know, I was getting texts that like put hair on my chest <laughs> pretty much. Um, you know, I, I also like now I feel even stronger about taking it slow. You know, if I want to date in a real way, mm-hmm. much different than when I was first dating. I really am not a lady about town anymore. Um, You know, I feel like in the past, like if you're just out there dating just for sex, which is great and fine, who cares? Who cares how long you wait? As long as you feel like it's safe and everyone's consenting, great. And if it's really what you want to do, don't do anything you don't want to do. But if I want to date it, if I want to be dated, which I do at this point in my life, or even if I want to be just real friends, I need to give it some time. Like I was all like, oh, he's so nice. We're real friends. No, we weren't. He had ulterior motives. I needed to give it more time. We've talked before about sliders where like you cannot be all in on someone when it's been only two weeks. You know, if you have a set of sliders and you put your love slider all the way to the top, and your time slider is still just down there at the bottom, that's out of whack. People show you who they are over time. You have to build trust. You have to build dependence. You have to build consistency, all those things. Um, And I don't mean to be on my guard to where I'm closed off, but I need to not go too fast to where, you know, sometimes I tend to be too trusting. Like, oh, they have my best interests at heart. Maybe they don't, you know, and they're just good at faking it. I've definitely learned that. Yes. The take it slow approach is actually really nice, which is kind of, kind of goes against 
how I normally operate or who I am. Cause I'm a kind of an impatient person, whatever. So it's hard for me, but I have learned that like that, take it slow approach, really get to know someone, treat them like a stranger and have them treat you like a stranger until enough time has passed where you really do actually know one another and it can grow in a real way. And again, where those sliders all go up at the same time, it's really delightful and great and so nice and worth waiting for. And it is far more real than something where you feel like you have this straight out of the gate chemistry that sparks so quickly when you don't know that person at all. And you use that as your guideline for everything. And it's usually not real. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're making me think, so I grew up evangelical and of course they have this whole abstinence thing, which is so uh, <laughs> unrealistic, but you're making me think of that a tagline. It's a true love waits. <laughs> we should make a, a sticker of it for thirsty true love waits um you know but overall I think this is a good reminder that like you know we'll meet someone we hit it off there's connection there's chemistry and like we love being around them you need to remember you don't really know each other mm-hmm. you don't um and that's something I always have to tell myself I am a good read of people I don't there's no way to really know someone in a short amount of time, you have to give it time, give it some, you know, let people play out, let some things play out a little bit. And just think about that before you go whole hog on someone, which that's a really, I don't know where that phrase came from. That's like deep Texas, came from Texas. Coming out. <laughs> deep Texas. <laughs> that's not a Midwest saying at all whatsoever. <laughs> all right. So we had a lot to talk about there. A lot of feelings. Yeah. So I, oh, one thing I did text with, uh, left turn Larry on New Year's. Oh, it was very nice. We were just like, Happy New Year's. Have a good year. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Holidays are when all the men, you know, come out of the woodwork. But anyway, all right. That's a nice little postscript to that story. All right. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms, because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.